Pod. I'm Jenna, and we're back with another season of The Bachelor. <laughs> Good times! And I am recording from Hawaii. Um, if you've seen the Instagram stories this week, you will have seen that my bosses, I am a nanny, um, and I work for two different families. They are friends with each other, and I watch toddlers, basically. Each family has a toddler. Together, I watch the children, and I've been working with them for about a year and a half. They're lovely people. I get along with them really, really well, and I love their children so much. Uh, ever since I was hired, they wanted to go travel, you know, at times when, like, the pandemic was, you know, the vaccines were out a little bit more, etc. And uh, they wanted to take me along so that they could just, you know, have a great, like, experience with their children, with their family, but also have time to, like, go off and do adult things. And we just never got around to it, but they finally planned a trip and they wanted to take us to Hawaii and so that's happening it is very exciting I feel very blessed and grateful and just really touched that they like care about me and respect me and like me and wanted me to come along with them on this adventure it's been really nice and really fun I've been here for about say four days or so we'll be here until this coming Sunday and it's just been so wonderful um, I will say I'm perhaps too relaxed I do not know how to function at this level of relaxation uh, if you've been following me for a while I think you know that I like to do a lot of stuff I burn the candle at both ends very genuinely I even got a tattoo of that because that's just who I am as a person and a Virgo, but I am really enjoying, you know, having this time and kind of disconnecting and catching up on reading and swimming and making memories with these children. It's been really wonderful, um, but like the show must go on, uh, literally. <laughs> I'll tell you fucking what. <laughs> said yes to going on this trip I was like so excited and then like a week later um the bachelor announced when the premiere was and I was like you have got to be actually kidding me that it's gonna be <laughs> oh my god it's just like what are the odds because like you know typically the bachelor comes back the first Monday of January you know but they gave us a little bit of an extended break, which I am so fucking grateful for, of course. I just, like, what are the odds? And I, at some point, I have to say, like, I'm gonna put my Janon hat on, okay? Like, I do think they are literally fucking with me. Like, I think they are, like, Jenna. They have, like, they have, like, a whole, like, map out of how they're gonna do the season, all the different things they're gonna do, all the, like, scandals, all the drama, and then there's like a little tiny bubble towards the right where they're just like, how can we fuck with Jenna, like, this season? Um, because she is the worst, and exactly. Um, speaking of which, I was, uh, in a really good mood this morning, and then I started to spiral <laughs> about, like, maybe I'm shadow banned on, on Instagram, I don't really know. Um, and then I started thinking, no, I'm not shadow banned, no one likes me. So anyway, that's just like a little bit of an insight into my brain and I, okay, so also 
as you can tell, I am alone here right now speaking. <laughs> and um, that is because, uh, yeah, like, you know, like I said, I'm on this vacation right now and I, the time difference is just like, I don't understand what time it is, um, like, at all. Uh, so I was like, my, my, my computer literally says it's 1.08 p.m. because it hasn't, like, registered that we're not in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so yeah, I just was like, I'm gonna do this episode, this premiere episode, um, by myself because I cannot fathom trying to ask somebody to record with me when I don't even know what time it is where I am at versus what time anyone else is, you know, existing. Um, Danica sending love to her. She is still on her sabbatical right now. Miss you, darling. Uh, also congrats on getting a new job, a new position, actually a new company, fully new job. She, for everyone wondering, she is thriving and doing great, but it is a lot because she total baby boss and like got to like a, a bigger position in general in her career. Um, genre is that what they call them career paths <laughs> and yeah so she's doing great her and Andrew are doing wonderful um considering the hellhole that we're in uh but shout out to y'all love you and um yeah I'll keep updating you guys on that this upcoming season of date card pod is gonna look slightly different in the sense that um yeah, we're going to be having lots of guests come on, and sometimes there'll be some solo episodes from me, uh, and I also wanted to start kind of implementing a little bit of some new slash old elements into the podcast, but, you know, make it into a more cohesive, segmented type podcast. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to, like, suddenly start adding a bunch of, like, music in between segments and etc. Because listen, it's still, we're, we're still just date card pod. But I wanted to kind of get back to some of the roots of like talking about bachelor gossip and getting into some cons conspiracies. And then I wanted to start folding in a little bit more um, of like pop culture uh, discussions and talking points and my thoughts and opinions and my guests thoughts and opinions on things that are happening in pop, pop culture uh, and not just The Bachelor, so that it's just like a well-rounded, fun podcast, and if in the future one day it transitions into more of like a pop culture type commentary podcast, then, you know, we're already doing that. And based on the feedback I got from the survey I sent out a while ago too, which thank you to everyone who filled that out, um, I have a great list of guests I'm going to bring back and that people really loved hearing on the podcast. But what I also heard from people is that y'all would just love to kind of have the thoughts and opinions on the episode and like kind of the highs and the lows and maybe a little less of a recap, right? Like, you know, point by point, play by play recap and a little bit more of just like what happened. Let's talk about the drama. Let's talk about the good parts and go from there. And so that is what I'm going to start implementing into this season. So in the future when I'm having a guest, I'm going to be asking the guest to bring their favorite moment and their least favorite moment. And I will do the same. And we will talk about those moments. And, you know, of course, we'll always talk about um, any other like scandal that's happening on the outside and also talk about 
who got eliminated, things like that. And I think it's going to make it just a fun experience and allow me to get the podcast out a little sooner um, into the week. Um, I'm going to aim for Wednesday drops um, and recording on Tuesday evenings. That sometimes might get pushed back to Wednesday and then a Thursday drop. But I'm going to really aim for Wednesday drops because uh, I want to get the content out to you guys sooner than later. So thank you so much again for filling out that survey and letting me know what you guys want from the podcast. And I'm really excited about that. And I love you guys. This is our 12th season. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh my God, Lord. But, um, yeah, I will say getting back into the swing of recording and then having and doing it like by myself on this particular episode definitely does not add to my like spiral or definitely, sorry, definitely does add to my spiral of like, uh, does no one like me because like, I'm just so much, <laughs> too much of a person. Okay. Going to move on, going to move on from that. Uh, real quick. I did want to go ahead and shout out my bosses who were in the background of the live reacts from last night's episode. Uh, got a lot of DMs from people saying they really liked the commentary that my bosses brought to the show and that I should be watching it every Monday with them. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do appreciate <laughs> that you guys enjoyed their commentary. I'll paint the picture for you. There's four of them, right? A two husband and wife um, duos. And I would say three of them, sorry, two of them were kind of like coming at it from a like, this is incredibly staged, this is inauthentic, this is so stupid, watching them just really try to do this like next level like impersonation of what humans are on our television. The other wife was just like silently hating it. <laughs> Like, I think she was coming at the angle of, like, this is really sexist, this is really racist, I, like, not living for it. And then the fourth boss was her husband, and he, he likes reality television. He loves F-Boy Island, he is into a lot of these, like, shows, um, he doesn't watch them religiously, but he is into them and he like had watched some bachelor stuff in the like long distance history or like you know past and so he was loving it and he was the one he probably heard a lot in the commentary he just I, I can't tell you how many times he's asked me if he I could get him on the show but like still be married to his wife so I mean y'all <laughs> make this shit up if I tried uh it was very fun to hear him just kind of giving his like actual opinions and then this morning they all were talking to me about how they really enjoyed it and he specifically wants to watch the season but like everyone else was like no we're not gonna watch because this is so stupid um I will say it was very fun because I've been trying to tell them about how the, the show is like a game right because these two dads are into football and so I'm just like, you know, it's actually like a game and like Game of Roses and the whole thing. And I told them about a PTC and um, different like, you know, verbiage for the game of it all. And they were just like so into it. And at one point, one dad was like, oh, but what if like, has anyone ever been coached? Can we add like a coaching element to it? And I was like, listen, buddy, let me tell you about the lore that is Bachelor Clues. <laughs> 
speaking of which, who do you think he has coached? Um, who do you think Bachelor Clues has coached this season? Send me a DM. Let me know who you think it is. I would say it's hard for me to tell. It's hard for me to tell right now. Hard for me to tell. Um, I remember somebody was saying Maddie in my DMs, but like as it as it happened last night, I do not think Madison was coached by Clues. Um, let me see here. Let me look at the cast list real quick and try to give you top of my head. Who do I think he has coached? Oof, tough, 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 tough. Tough, tough, tough. Maybe Victoria J, because her social media game is really good. Um hard to say. Hard to say. Hard to say. Maybe Jess. Hmm. Hmm. Well, get back to that. We'll get back to that. Um, so where was I? Yes. Okay. So I just wanted to set the scene for how I was watching the show last night. Um, let's get into some... Okay, so this is the first week I'm trying to do this new version of the podcast a little bit, So, I, and I am on vacation, so I do hope you guys understand. I haven't been able to do as much research as I wanted to do on certain things, but I will be doing more, and it'll be more flushed out in the future episodes when I'm not um, on vacation. So in pop culture, just in the last like week, really, basically, I wanted to talk about a couple things. Um... Uh, let's talk about Miley Cyrus. Like, she's the moment right now. Now, Miley's had also her, you know, problematic history and has done a lot of appropriation of culture and um, has had her moments of cringe. Um, but I'd say on the overall, I really liked seeing her journey in our, like, pop culture, like, realm. And I'll always support anyone who's, like, queer and publicly queer, right? Um, Because, you know, I'm really about talking about that. And there was, like, this element about how, um, you know, this is, like, a side note, really, a tangent. But, like, she did some interview once where she was, like, I have been out and I've been dating. I have dated women publicly um, and the media would never talk about it like, the same way that they would talk about me and my, like, male relationships, and I just find that very fascinating when I, you know, talk about how it still is so hard to, like, come out as a queer person in our media and society, um, and she was definitely, like, treated poorly a lot of times when she was kind of acting more queer, you know, um, and when she is with a man, she is, given a lot more respect and a lot more social, um, capital, you know? Uh, so she came out with this new song called Flowers. I I might be a basic person, but I love it. I fucking love it. I love the tune. I love the, 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 the song is really very good. Um, and as somebody who is chronically filled with intimacy issues. It is I just I I enjoyed it cuz I, you know, I had an abusive ex-husband, let's be honest, like as 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 did Miley. And so the whole idea of like buying my own flowers, I can talk to myself for hours, I can take myself dancing. I mean, what is there not to like? I do love um if you haven't been paying attention to the like 
chatter online is that it's such a song filled with so many Easter eggs regarding her and Liam Hensworth and his cheating, his um, kind of like emotional abuse. I mean, I like screamed when she says like we built a home and then watched it burn because like if you don't know, their house that they owned together did actually catch on fire and they like lost everything in their fire in that fire and it was just like really sad but um come to find out that like that helped kind of push them to actually finally get married after like dating off and on for like mm, six years or so and getting engaged and unengaged and she said in an interview that the fire is what kind of push them over the edge of like finally committing to getting to ma- married when it was not a good, you know, like they shouldn't have gotten married. They only stayed married for less than a year. Um, but I understand that concept of trauma really like speaking to our actions. Um, so I found that very fascinating. And then of course, most people probably know there's the whole element to how, she is using, she's doing like a response song to the lyrics in the Bruno Mars song, um, um, When I Was Your Man. And because Liam apparently dedicated that song to her. And I just find that so funny because men are so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe you could say he dedicated that song to her in a sense because they were so on and off. And maybe he was referencing the times that they were, like, off and how he wishes, like, when he was her man, he wished he had taken her dancing and held her hand and talked to her for hours. But, like, what a bad song to, like, dedicate to the person you are, like, currently in a romantic relationship with. Um, Because the tone is not (laughs) very lovey. Um... Yeah, so another thing I wanted to talk about, uh, truly, again, I'm going to have way more important pop culture things to reference in the future, but the only thing I really kind of noticed, <laughs> see, it sounds so stupid even saying it and cared about, was that Kylie Jenner finally did show us the face and the name of her uh, second child with Travis Scott, and... um because people, it had been almost a year. The baby was born in February, early February of last year, and we had not um, gotten a name. And I think it's just interesting the fodder online about it. Like, I don't care. I don't need to know a baby's name um, or ever see a baby's face. And to be honest, I think should um, the way certain people use their baby as currency online is not great. Um, but... Uh, you know, people wanted to know, and apparently there was a leak at some point last year where, like, the name was supposed to be Wolf. No, sorry, she said it was supposed to be Wolf, and then she took it back, and then now released the name, and it's Air, uh, spelled A-I-R-E, and so, like, I think it's, you know, related to Stormy, Air, Airy, not to be confused with Ari Leyendijk, I suppose, but of course that is where my fucking brain went. Um, <laughs> I cannot. I'm mentally ill. So <laughs> there's that. Um, and then what I just find interesting, again, I just want to, before I move on, because this is all I really wanted to say about this, is that it is just, like, frustrating the way the Kardashian-Jenners uh, in general do everything that they do, but specifically in the way in which they do use their children for content and for money. 
and for, you know, pushing narratives about their own lives in the public sphere, and how the Kardashian-Jenners use their, um, like, daughters as capital. Like, and Kris Jenner has done this from the dawn of time, right? Like, this is what they learn. It's a learned behavior. Mom, I learned it from you. Um, they've used, all of them have used their daughters for content and continue to do so, but don't showcase their sons in the same way. Um, and the two loudest examples currently are both Chloe and Kylie, in which they both use their daughters, who were their first children, and continue to use them for content, but are not showing us the faces of their sons and the names and using them for content. Um, and one would maybe argue it's as simple as they just are learning that they shouldn't use their children for content as much, and they're, like, learning and growing and being like, I want to keep some privacy for my children. But that's how is that true when they continue to use their daughters and p exploit their privacy, you know? So, like, that doesn't – it just – I think there's just a very clear line in the way that which the Kardashian-Jenners um, uplift and hold men in a higher regard than they do women in their lives. Both their female friends, the women that – you know, are in and out of their lives or that their male partners have had relationships with. Um, they give the men in their lives passes on pawn passes for behavior that they do not extend for the women in their lives. And that's what I wanted to say about that. Um, I did want to mention there's a new dating show coming to Netflix. I already forgot the name. Um, but I'll try to remember it next time. I do plan on watching it, even though I only know about half of the cast. It is a all-stars type show for the Netflix dating reality shows. Um, so like Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, um, a bunch of other ones. Uh, The Ultimatum, um, and things of that nature. And of course people like Bartise are on there. Um, that one guy who was in Gianna's, um, husband. Oh, I'm blinking on his name because it's not important. He's this like ugly white man who was like emotionally abusive, much like, um, fucking what's his face from this last season. God, I just watched it. Uh, shout out to Kelly for recording that Patreon episode with me. So if you want to go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash datecardpod, I actually did a pretty well in-depth recap review of Love is Blind season three just last month. It was really good and you should listen to it. Um, anyway, the show looks like a hot mess. It has a lot of people on it, like I said, that I don't know, but then some people I do know from The Ultimatum and from Love is Blind and I think it'll be a fun show to watch, and I'm excited to kind of start slowly adding in some new other reality dating shows into my um, sphere. I don't think I'll ever do Love Island. I'm sorry, friends. I'm just sorry. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> I don't think I have it in me. Okay, so that ends our pop culture section right now. I'll come up with a fun name later. Let's get into some Bachelor gossip. Um, wow, time is flying when you're talking to yourself. So Bachelor Gossip, I just wanted to kind of touch base on a couple things. There's obviously lots that's been happening in the off season. Katie Thurston started doing stand-up more officially. Seems like she's really having a lot of fun. And as a former stand-up comedian, I really respect her trying and her um, getting out there. It's a uh, 
horrible hobby, but up, good ups to her. <laughs> um, so also of note, um, Raven and Adam just announced that they are having a second baby. Congrats to them. Um, I haven't been following their journey a ton, but the baby that they had last year was pretty cute. Um, then it looks like Astrid and Kevin are trying for a baby number two as well. She recently posted a photo about, um, them and their, like, uh, journey with conception and, um, sending all the love and thoughts to them because they are the fucking cutest and they're probably the best couple out there. Speaking of best couples, obviously, I talked about this in the last episode, but Dean and Kaylin are getting married soon and I'm really excited about it. But, like, Jay and on for a second, I really think they've been, like, weren't they married forever ago secretly come on anyone else believe that with me okay maybe not um let's see here Ari Leindyke speaking of him he's on a reality dating or a reality show um I'm gonna look up the name y'all I keep forgetting to look that up everyone's been telling me I need to watch it but I don't think I could stomach it Ari Leindyke um new show it's called the traitors it's on peacock and it is 20 of america's most cunning contestants a mix of famous faces and everyday americans play the ultimate murder mystery game wait hold up okay maybe i do need to watch this (laughs) um just do people get eliminated Traitors and banish them from the players try to uncover the traitors and banish them from the game. If the faithful contestants banish all the traitors, they will share the prize fund. But if a traitor makes it to the end, they will steal all the money. Okay, okay. I don't know if I have Peacock, but that's interesting. Maybe I'll do an episode like that for the Patreon. Uh, Next up on Bachelor Gossip, I wanted to... Um, talk shit about Natalie. Uh, I guess she's not technically Bachelor Nation, but, like, come on. She was in France recently, and there's just a video on her page. It's the last video of on a carousel post that she made where her and her friends are all, like, drunk standing around a stripper pole. And she is acting like the most 24-year-old person I've ever seen in my life. It's just so cringe. And I just want you guys to look at it because I, if I had to look at it, shout out to Shannon for sending it to me. From Do the Roses Align, then you guys have to see it as well. She, like, it's like, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. No. Oh, my God. A stripper pole. <laughs> and then, like, jumps on it and then falls to the ground immediately. And it's just like, oh, my God. Ah. I just really dislike people who make fun of sex work. It's just, like, not fun. You know, not a good look. Did not enjoy that. Um, okay, I will wrap this up with uh, talking about Dubai. So Beyonce performed in Dubai this last weekend, and there was a big show of Bachelor Nation uh, coming through, I guess. Although, listen, what a weird selection of Bachelor Nation people. Um, Not that anyone here in this list is not, like, that bad. It's just, like, it was just such an odd, like, pairing. Obviously, Tasha was there, gorgeous. Not surprised to see her as, like, top build influencer from Bachelor Nation. She's great. I love Tasha. But there was Jason Tartik. He brought his gay brother. That's of note because I'm going to talk about it later. Um, 
Cassie Randolph came with her boyfriend and uh, Matt James and Rachel Crapano came. Who else was there? Oh, Ast- no, not Astrid. What's her name? The other brunette from next season. Whitney. Thank you. Whitney went, I think, best dressed. Um, I liked the little Madonna moment dress. Um, and I feel like I'm missing one other Bachelor Nation person that went. But you guys can yell at me later for that. I mean, the problem is, is that, like, I, I, I'm not here. I'm, I'm not the one to specifically talk about, like, how problematic or not problematic it was as a whole for Beyonce to be performing in Dubai. But I will say, you know, Dubai has laws where uh, same-sex relationships can be punishable by death and are a crime. And there has been a lot of chatter about how it just was disappointing to have somebody who has been an outspoken ally of the queer community performing in an area where queerness is so villainized. But, um, you know, I just find it interesting because, you know, Jason did bring his gay brother. And then also I was looking at the list of other, like, celebrities that went. And um, what's her face? Rebel Wilson and her girlfriend went there and, like, literally walked the carpet together as a queer couple. So I'm not really sure what's happening with all of that, but I do find it interesting and I wanted to mention that I did love that Claire Crawley made a caption where she's like not Dubai sunset because <laughs> she's out hanging out with her fiance which congrats to Claire I don't think I've said that on the podcast recently I was just talking to my bosses last night about how they are too cowardly to have a senior bachelor season even though they keep promoting it and uh, honestly it's an inside joke at this point right like that bachelor nation's having with us um so then uh uh they were like oh but what is like what what's old to bachelor and i was like well they had claire on when she was 38 (laughs) and they made the entire season about how she was old and we had a good laugh because that's ridiculous anyway so let's get into the premiere of um zachary's Zachular finale or not finale premiere. Oh my god, <laughs> people! <laughs> oh goodness gracious! So, um, I'm just gonna turn my co star off, they don't need to be messaging me in the middle of a fucking podcast recording. So, okay, listen, folks, this season's gonna be a mess. It's going to be a goddamn mess for so many fucking reasons, right? No one is interested in Zach. They're force-feeding us reasons why he is worthy of this role. I'm not saying he's not worthy of the role, essentially, right? Like, anyone can be worthy of this lead role, per se, right? Um, I think there's a lot of things you can do in your time on the show that would make you not worthy of it, you know, like Shrimp Nay and all her ableism and racism. Um, there's been many people who have would have had their like worthiness stripped of being in a lead position. Um, but like on the whole, I don't think Zach is like a bad person, right? I was thinking about it like, you know, we believe that he's probably conservative, but even with that, I don't necessarily think he's like 
um, like a MAGA, right? I think he's probably just like a fiscal conservative and, uh, and, and, and socially conservative for sure, um, which is not ideal for me. I'm not going to suck his dick, but if fucking um, one of these women wants to suck his dick, that's on them, right? Um, but I don't think that he is inherently, you know, a bad man. Uh, so, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, we're not, we're not committed to this man. We're not invested in this man. And I think, you know, I'm not the only one to have said this by a long shot, but it's like, we did not get a good story arc from him in the previous season that made us interested in his, like, his, like, journey, you know? And it just really is fascinating to me. And, I mean, it's already a huge statement, a very loud statement for them to have not chosen um, from the last two seasons of The Bachelor, not chosen from any of the amazing men of color who have come from this franchise recently. Um, We have Andrew Spencer, for example, from Katie's season even. Um, we have all four black men from Michelle's final four. We have Ethan, um, Avon. We have so many people to choose from and we have gotten Clayton and now Zach. And so like that very loud statement um, is important. But aside from that, they didn't do a good job at picking a a man who has any ounce of like goodwill from the audience base. And like, yeah, he doesn't have any like hatred from the audience base where like, for example, had they picked Greg, that would have been a really hard needle to thread because there was actually a huge portion of the fan base who like actively disliked this man. No one dislikes Zach, right? They just do not care about him. But that's almost worse. It is. I mean, I didn't want Greg. Everyone knows this. But had he been the lead, there would have been at least more, like, you know, engagement from the fan base, I believe. Right? Um, But Zach is just, like, everyone is, you know, checking out um, for, like, valid reasons. You know, side note, obviously, to shout out to all of the amazing commentators who have been around the last couple of years who are deciding to take a break from this season, and I respect the hell out of them, and your presence will be greatly missed, um, and all the good commentary that you have, and I hope that you have a really nice relaxing time, though. (laughs) You know, relax, enjoy yourselves. So... Yeah, that's just how I feel about that. But what I will say is that I am, I haven't found the right word. It's not excitement. (laughs) But there is a sense of like, I am ready to quote unquote enjoy this season because I actually do think the combination of him being this kind of hapless doofus um, who is feeling really awkward mixed with a group of women who I do think have a lot of strong personalities is going to make for a pretty like uh, standard entertaining bachelor season. Again, I definitely use the word standard because they aren't doing anything new in regards to, you know, diverse casting, um, both in like race, size, um, 
social, economical backgrounds, just other interesting like elements to it. But at the same time, I do think that these women are going to bring a lot of drama. And Zach is just like he's. I I have a feeling he's going to be like a Peter Weber. And I enjoyed Peter's season. It did start COVID. Like, his season is the reason COVID started, which is horrible, and I do wish that he would financially compensate us for that, but his season was entertaining, because he did not know how to handle these, like, the women from his season, who are were all very strong personalities. Um, and I say that, actually, like, you know, with complimentary tones, not negative tones. Um, so, yeah, in many ways, I am kind of excited, quote-unquote, to see what the season brings. It does feel like a warm comfort blanket being put on my shoulders because, you know, I did miss the show. I've tried to watch other shows. Um, I did watch season three of Love is Blind, as I mentioned earlier. And while I did really enjoy that show, that season, um, in some regards, it was also so fucking painful with how, like, <sighs> there's a, f- I have to find a fine balance to, like, actually enjoying really intense cringe drama mess and then like what the bachelor provides which is like a more watered down version of course of like what reality is i we've said it until we're blue in the face the show is very camp it's a mockery of like monogamy and christianity and heterosexuality but like at the same time i love that right so yep we'll just we'll go into that you know i will say some things i just he zach is such a fucking it's, I feel bad for him, right? And I'm going to try to not be so cunty to him specifically. <laughs> but the way the show is going to showcase him, I feel pretty confident in being cunty about that. Because what I'm making fun of is the show and what how the show portrays a man like this. Um, You know, the scene where he's being like, Meeting up with Sean Lowe is very silly and very, like, just so camp. I mean, oh, my God. Poor Sean, though, too. Like, I don't feel sympathy for the man because he is quite conservative and a Chris Harrison stan. Um, But, man, did he look tired. He looked beaten down. I'll just say that. Um, But, yeah, Jesse Palmer is, like, opening up the whole thing. And he's, like, um... I swear to God, Jesse Palmer looked like a fucking, he was on one, on one, uh, he was like, oh, so Zach, Zach, okay, yeah, yeah, y'all, guys, okay, y'all are in for a treat, fucking Zach, he's a good looking guy, he's tall, he's ready to find a wife, and that is why we made him The Bachelor, and I'm like, how is that any different than any fucking other season we've ever fucking had? It's insane. Other than, like, technically, I don't think Peter was tall. And I don't think Peter was looking for a wife. Peter was looking for a good time. Um, but, like, it's so fucking funny. And he's like, you might not know this about him, but he used to play the bass in this shitty band when he was in, like, seventh grade. And it's like, well, I didn't actually need to know that. Like... <laughs> doesn't make him more interesting oh did you know that he um did you know that he's just like a really nice guy 
literally that's doing nothing for me. The entire, every single fucking thing they try to tell me about this guy literally does nothing for me. And like the entire time where I'm screaming at the TV, give me more Zach. Give me what I need to know about Zach to make me root for him and care for him. And like, I'm getting nothing. None of this is, is like endearing to me. It just makes him a normal man. My bosses and I were cracking up. He's just like, Zach was doing his little like, his little intro to like the women or he's, I'm sorry, like his little monologue, they're doing a toast and he's just like, I'm just, I'm just really excited for this because I just, I really want to find a wife and I just really want to like, you know, uh, be honest and normal with you. And I've had parents who've been married since like the day they were born and I'm just like the entire time, I'm like, none of this is compelling. Like, Oh my god. But like but that I think that's what I was trying to say earlier, just like a couple months ago, was like what will be compelling about the season is not Zach. What will be compelling about the season is the women. Now, I wish we could have both. Like I wish we could have a Rodney or somebody else who has more compellingness to them and the compelling nature of the women, but that is not the reality that we fucking live in. Zach at one point says these are the most important things in my life. Family, football, and frozen pizza. And it's just like, I wanted to crawl into the ground. Frozen pizza? Sir. Sir. But it's like, it's almost like he's again trying to be like, camp. Like, this is what makes me an, an all-American good man. You know? He's a wife guy. I'm just an all-American man. It's like, Listen, what did you say to Rachel in the real in the fantasy suites? Listen, tell me, tell me what you fucking said. <sighs> okay, real quick, I did forget to go over a Janon corner. Real quick, I'm gonna start bringing Janon back more. So I have two Janons right now. One, let's go back into Jesse real quick. As I mentioned, he looks like he's on one. Janon, which if you're new to the podcast, stands for. Jenna Anonymous, so it's like QAnon, but for me and my insanity. Um, you can cancel cancel me if you want, but I think Jesse's on Coke. I, watch it. Just like that's that's a thread we're gonna follow. I think he's addicted to Coke <laughs> and he uh is really leaning into this season. This is his third season hosting, and he was his hand movements and his facial expressions were so dialed up to like 15. Um, everyone in the room with me were like, we don't know who this man is, but oh my God, is he okay? They were like, he looks red in the face. I think he needs to sit down. Has he slept? It's like, I, it's very wild to me. And I just wanted to speak that into on my Jane on corner Second Janon, of course, is our Rachel Recchia and Genevieve Paris dating. Listen, folks. Could be a classic case of queer baiting. And if it is, they learn from the best. Being Genevieve's ex-boyfriend, Aaron. <laughs> Big Body Trash Can. And, um, sorry. Big Body Trash Can is actually, um, Becca's fiancé. Um... But, sorry, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Aaron and James, the most recent gay, queer, baiting couple to come from our beloved franchise. Um, but, also, 
maybe they are a little bisexual. Listen, I have it on good authority. I have talked to, I have talked to alumni who have told me there are bisexual men in this franchise and they are just not out. And I would love to speculate about who those people are. Okay. And I actually do think James is that one of them. I'm not sure if I think Aaron is. I do think James is bisexual. Um, it's just the energy I'm getting. Um, I also think Connor the Catman is. This is based off of no evidence. I just, it's just what I, the energy I'm picking up. Um, I also believe that, um, who else? Who else? Rick. There's more, I'm sure. Um, but I would love to spend time thinking about that more because I think about the women a lot and I actually think a lot of them are bi. I think Kit's bi. I think, um, I think, um, um, Abigail is. I think, um, Chelsea is. She might actually be out. No, I, that's probably me speculating too far. Don't quote me on that. Um, a lot of the women on Matt's season are, are bi. Listen, this is the problematic element of my, of my, um, of my segment, you know, but I also think, I think Katie Thurston is, I think she hasn't admitted it to herself, but I think she is. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think that Genevieve and Rachel are, okay? They might be queer baiting us, uh, and that's a strong word to use, of course, but I also think they are living together now, um, and they are traveling together, and they keep flirting online, doing photo shoots together, traveling. They're in Fiji right now together. They are saying catching feelings. They are saying they are a couple now in their massage room. Yes, all of it could be joking, and I do absolutely see that. But at the same time, so I wanted to say there was a couple of people in the DMs very nicely. I had great conversations with them. There was there was definitely a handful that have happened over the last week or so. We're like, well, should we really be saying this? Like, I feel like it's, you know... Are they, are they trolling us? Are they, would they be mad about this kind of conversation? And ultimately there's a lot to be said about it and there's no right or wrong like answer to the concept of talking about queerness that we are seeing in other people and queer flagging. And I can go, if you want me to go into the conversation a lot more, we can. Um, but also I would recommend listening to the episode I did with Cam from what I will say podcast because we talked a lot about that kind of stuff is that, um, Rachel and Genevieve are actively courting this attention. They are they are courting this attention right now. So I don't think they'd have a problem with it. Like she's literally saying we're a couple now. Like it's it's fine, right? Um so yeah, uh, that was my JNON for this week. Um and stay tuned for more uh developments in the Rachel and Genevieve couple and is Jesse okay corner. Um, I actually have to wrap up this podcast soon and get back to working um, as a nanny, but I will wrap it up with um, my favorite part and my least favorite part uh, so that to kind of round out how we're going to do this podcast in the future. Again, they'll be a little more structured in the future when I have a guest, but my favorite part is Anastasia being in pants. I loved it. She's stunning. She's gorgeous. High queen. Um, love it. And I also really loved Brianna uh, being so self-assured in this. She had the first impression rose, of course, from the live taping of After the Final Rose. But I really loved how she came in. Oh, my God. Stunning red dress. Showstopper. 
and she was like, I know I have the first impression rose, but I'm not going to let that make me like complacent and not come and get you and try to get your attention and talk to you. I really loved that. My least favorite part is um, the fact that Greer um, got a rose, a second first impression rose, multiple reasons for that one. Why do we even have a second first impression rose? It actually makes the Brianna's rose seem like less important. And I don't like that. Um, you were the ones that forced us into having this one that you guys did on this live showing. Like it's, it's just like frustrating to me. And I did not like how that was disrespectful to the original first impression rose. And second of all, Greer is our first racist scandal of the season happening night one week one already fantastic lovely lovely fucking love it jesus fucking christ so as mentioned in the bio episode i did with do the roses align and in the bio episode i did with epiphany from roses of for everybody and we did it on um the black roses podcast make sure you listen to that and you're subscribed we did talk about how Greer did technically have, not technically, sorry, Greer had a bunch of um, MAGA-leaning photos from 2016, and we were talking about was she old enough to vote by then? Was she voting in her parents' favor? Was she, is she not a MAGA person now? Who's to say? She's been posting some progressive things since Reddit found these screenshots of her being pro-MAGA during the election cycle of 2016. And we were wondering if we were going to get an arc of her showing her journey to be a woke leftist cook. Um, but what I hadn't seen and did not realize is that there was another part of these screenshots that were going around, which is that she went in depth at defending um a person from her high school who did blackface um, and tried to play it off as they were just dressing up as a shadow when they were in fact dressing up as Tupac. And Greer didn't do this, but she was boldly and loudly defending it in very like problematic and like cringe ways all over Facebook. And like going out of the way to like, attack commenters being like this is inappropriate this is blackface and she was and this is racist and she was like going bending over backwards to defend this white woman who did blackface so that's all surfaced and I didn't know that really at the time um I thought it was just MAGA stuff um so she has since since this morning she of Tuesday um the 24th has made an apology on Instagram um I'll go ahead and read it really quick she says, the journey to love is filled with lessons, and these lessons are also made of our journey of growth. In my past, I have made uneducated, ignorant, and frankly wrong comments on my social media accounts. In particular, in 2016, I used misguided arguments on Twitter to defend a student who dressed in blackface as Tupac for Halloween. I am deeply sorry to those I have hurt, especially those within the black community, not because these screenshots have surfaced, but because I ever shared those harmful harmful opinions at all. Time and age do not excuse my actions, but this is not a reflection of who I am today. I do not stand by or condone the damaging opinions and behaviors I shared during that stage of my life, and I will forever be regret making those offensive remarks. Um, not my apology to accept, not going to talk about it. I just wanted to read it out loud. 
I don't really trust her. Um, I think that there is room to grow and change, of course. I just would like to see more from her. Um, and I think this is a developing story, obviously, and we will be following it. What I find what I find interesting and what I want to talk about, which is what I it's my sticking point with the show, is that and why it's my um thorn of the episode, is that they allowed her to be on the show that they allowed her to get a first impression rose, that she's having this, she's going to be obviously a major player in this season um, when these things were really easy to find. And again, again, and again, and again, they cast these people who have these, like, I just like, I don't know, you know, it's like, where, did, where is it at oh, during the interview process? Are they asking them, Hey, do you have any unsavory background where you were racist online? Did she answer yes or no to that? Did she forget? Like she's saying in this apology that she's not she's not apologizing just because the things were found. She's apologizing because she's actually learned from her mistakes. And it's just like, but what's the truth on that? Is it a case of like you're apologizing because your screenshots were found and you didn't think they were going to ever be found? Or these tweets rather? Or is it because you have done the growth? I mean, if... Like I said, it's not my position to talk about that, um, but, and I hope that she gives us more, you know, so that we can have that, that conversation, but the show is at huge fault in this situation as usual, and I think it's wild that we had this already so early, and I wanted to wrap it up by saying I think it's interesting that the show allowed her to make a statement at all, considering the way they handled Kirkconnell so horribly and I do think that I guess in some regard maybe they learned from like not silencing their contestants that they have cast with racist backgrounds from standing up like but they but they haven't because they they didn't let Eric or I mean listen I regret even saying that because I don't think Eric fucking wanted to apologize so there's that it's such a nuanced conversation because it's hard to say you know but it seemed like Rachel Kirkconnell wanted to apologize and they were silencing her it didn't seem like Eric wanted to but he was being silenced, and then they fucking didn't talk about it at all on the stage. Um, you have people like one of the Garretts who did all of his scandal, and they made him talk about it on stage. But it was like, he's the winner. It's like, what is gear? I'm not spoiled. So it's like, how far does gear go in this? All of it's a mess. All of it's a goddamn mess. And so that is my thorn of the episode. Eliminated this week. Who got eliminated? Madison, who kissed Matt, or kissed Matt, kissed Zach early and forcefully. That's another thorn in my side from this episode is the non-consensual kiss that Madison forced upon Zach. Um, he didn't deserve that. No one deserves that. I'm sending my actual genuine thoughts and feelings and hugs to Zach on that. Madison was eliminated. Victoria E, Vanessa, Sonia, Becca, Olivia, another Olivia, Lekka, Holland, who is, by the way, a MAGA that I didn't talk about before because I didn't know, but she has a personal license plate that says MAGA on it. Glad she's gone. And a woman named Kara, who's actually really beautiful. Um, what's really sad is he did send home a lot of the women of color in this first night. Um, boo. Fucking boo. Boo! Okay, with that, y'all, thank you so much for being here for episode one of this new season of The Bachelor. I really appreciate y'all being here as always. Um, engaging in the comment sections, engaging in the DMs, sharing, telling a friend, leaving a review. And I'm really excited for this next season to start, you know, in incorporating all these new segments and fun times and having really fun guests back on that you guys asked for and some ones that I've been hoping on trying to get. 
in the background for a while. Um, it's just sometimes hard to get schedules lined up, but I'm really excited for the season and all of those things. So again, thank you so much. Oh, I did have a request to talk about my poops. I like the old days, my poops have been a mess on this fucking trip. I'm eating too much cheese. Listen, y'all, I think I have IBS and I just need to fucking admit it and not live in denial, but I cannot. Maybe I could talk to Hunter from Paradise and she can help me figure out how to be a hot girl with IBS because this shit is getting shitty. It's bad. It's bad. Things have been bad. I've been doing a lot of probiotic shots, but I need help. Anyway, slide into DMs if you ever feel more full. After you go to the bathroom. Anyway, TMI. Love you all so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Descartes Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Descartes Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a Smile and at Drunk Feminist. Descartes Pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at Androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at Jetty Boy James. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at MichaelaJane.com and on Instagram at Michaela Jane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye! Bye.